Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome. You're in for a treat if you've ever had any questions about emotional intelligence, because I've got my man James in with me today out of Salt Lake by way of Canada. I don't remember which territory in Canada. But we'll dig into all of that. And I believe this is actually, is this your second time on the show? I know you came and helped out with the Multifamily Investing Conference, but I feel like you've been on this show once before where we talked about being brave. And so this is back with us, ladies and gentlemen. This is a rare treat to have somebody on multiple times. So, man, it's so good to see you a few weeks back and to have you on the show today. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. I always appreciate talking to you, Jerome. You've always got really interesting insights and great energy. So I'm always excited to hear what you're going to drag out of me when you ask your insightful questions. <laughs> man, I'm not dragging anything out of you. You just, it just pours out of you. And so you've got a new project you've been working on and you've been, it's probably been six, maybe eight, 10 months that you've been working on this thing. And I think it's ready for prime time. I got my link. I got it downloaded. I bought my year long subscription last week. And man, I'll tell you, it's been really interesting to see what this thing does. And so if you would, like, tell us a little bit of the story on how you got involved with this app and what it actually does for the listeners. Yeah, you know, I mean, last time I was on, we talked about fear because that's really kind of a place I start with people is looking at what you're avoiding. And fear is a huge trigger. It's a survival trigger for us. And it causes us to avoid what I would call painful emotions. And it disrupts our ability to chase our dreams, communicate with those that we love, they interact in a difficult conversation because we get defensive. These are the things that trigger us. And I've become really good at managing that because of my life and how I coach. But while I still approach things from that perspective, it was hard to measure. And I found that when I work with people, like, you know, if I'm talking to a leader and I see something 
disrupting his ability or her ability to lead in, the, in an engaging way that is truly representative of who they are. I can approach them, but it takes deep trust for, for you to hear critical feedback, right? Hey, I see that you're, I, you know, I, I, an example, I could be talking to a guy after a board meeting and say, you know, you want me to give you some feedback? And they'd be like, yeah, okay. And I say, okay, this is hard feedback and I may be wrong. So if I'm wrong, that's okay. You can tell me, but this is what I think I'm seeing. So you kind of preface it with that. And they say, I noticing your interactions in the boardroom, you kind of lashed out a couple of times beyond what I thought was acceptable for that particular situation. I think there might be some anger coming up in your life in another yeah. space. Is there something you want to talk about? 50% of the time, at least the person's eyes glaze over and they're like, no, there's no anger. <laughs> right. And I'll be like, okay, well, let me tell you what I see and I'll explain it. And then about half the time at that point, they'll come back and be like, actually, you know, five or 10 minutes, like, you're right. I am angry. And they have that recognition and then we can work on it. Right. But with this app, I can say, Hey, I'm noticing some stuff. You want to check in on the app and they can check in and they'll come back and be like, I'm not angry. My app says I'm angry. Right. Cause the app measures all of your emotional intelligence. And this is what's the, the most powerful thing. I already knew this, but I didn't realize that at MIT a little over 10 years ago, they had created a system because they discovered that all emotions resonate at a specific frequency. You can Google it. You can see all the different frequencies of emotions that there are, right? So if it's fear, fear resonates at a specific frequency. Love resonates at a specific frequency. Whatever it is, it's there. And the polarities are in positive frequencies. These are the high level emotions that we love, like love, happiness, excitement. These are good emotions and they are positive frequencies, polarities. The negative polarity has fear, sadness, anger, frustration, despair. Those are the types of things that we don't want to feel. They're, they're uncomfortable. But as a society, we have generally said there are only certain emotions that we're allowed to show, right? Oh. In public. That is the culture that we have all grown up in, in Western society. If you go back to Plato, Plato stated that he has a description of of emotions and logic being two horses pulling a carriage in your life. And if you want to be successful and drive that carriage of your life in a good way, you must rein in the emotional horse and let the logical horse have sway. And this is in fact, utterly wrong. It, it truly is. And Plato, as brilliant as he is, he did also say, all I know is that I know nothing, right? And so he didn't know this. And, and he along with everyone, you know, Pink Floyd has that song, The Trial in the Wall, says, worm your honor, a man stands accused before you of having feelings, feelings of almost a human's sort, right? This is, this is the world we've grown up in. And it's a reasonable way to grow up when you're in a tribal system or you're in a wartime where you don't want to show what you're feeling because it could be used against you. But we have determined time and time again in the world of business, personal relationships, just general interactions, the leading with trust and leading with an honest emotional palate is the most effective and fastest way to get to your end result. How do you do that when you don't even know your own emotions, right? So to get to the end of this, what, I, what you initially wanted, we can now measure the resonance of the emotions through your vocal cords. They are all carried in your vocal cords as you speak. And it's amazing, right? 
So at MIT, 10 years ago, they had people in a room with all this equipment and they talk into this thing and they found that it was 87% accurate, more, more effective than a therapist evaluation of your emotional state. Wow. So now with all the advancement we have in AI helping us, in 15 seconds, you can count into your phone using this app and you can see your whole emotional palette and know what you're feeling and teach yourself emotional intelligence just in 15 seconds a day. It's, it's truly the most amazing thing that I've encountered. It beats meditation and really dialing into your emotional palette and understanding where emotions reside in your body. Wow. So it's a bold claim to say that Plato's wrong. Yeah, it is. And I'm right. <laughs> so tell us now, more. At this point, well, just, I mean, I, I think you're right, too, right? because yeah. let me research it. Numb is not something that's sustainable unless yeah. you just don't want to experience the full range of emotions. Like, like I, I've watched people try to numb the like the negative or the downside yeah. and they don't realize that it caps what they can do on the upside. So yeah. when did you first understand that being able to share the full range of emotions was acceptable or appropriate or necessary? Yeah, I, I think I logically understand it. I honestly still struggle to emotionally accept it in certain situations. It's very difficult. And I actually, I did a presentation at the Project Management Institute at a community college here for continuing education a little while back. And I demonstrated, um, I was trying to demonstrate to them how you can touch difficult emotions and release them. But this is the interesting thing, right? It measures what I'm actually doing regardless of what I intend in my mind to do. And so I, I had my check-in from the day that I did and I showed them and I had some high fear. I was about to present to an audience of about 500 people and I had, I can't remember what my other emotions were, some negative emotions. And sadness is one that I carry a lot. I'm like dad that went through divorce and like 60% of all men, I've lost contact with three of my biological kids and I miss them. And so it's a, it's a thing that I carry with me and I have to confront it. So I showed this group this and I, what I do, because I have a barrier, I'm like you, right? You, you were, we were talking before we started this, my awareness is typically low and I believe that it's intentionally low awareness because I don't want to look at the difficult emotions. I don't have time. I'm too busy. These are the things we tell ourselves, right? And so I showed them my stuff and I said, this is what I do in the evening. I use music to break that barrier that stops me from feeling sadness. And music is one thing that I have found allows me to open my heart to sadness. And so I'll play guitar and I can sing songs. And once I get to that moment, I feel the sadness and feel that connection. Sadness isn't a bad thing to feel for missing your kids. It releases it. And then I can check in and my sadness is just drops. Really powerful. So I decided I would try to do this in front of this group. I sang a song in front of 500 people on my guitar, right? And then I checked in and all my negative emotions went up. Fear, fire, confusion. And like, it was just like, and my awareness went down, everything. My, my whole score just went to shit, right? Because I'm presenting, I'm showing people a facade of who I am, not the real me. I don't know these people, right? And as authentic and as real as I'm trying to be, my emotional belief is still entrenched in the old concept, right? 
I'm trying to bring myself in. And I, I've been working on that since and being like, I truly connect with us with a deep emotion in front of a group of people. I, I don't know. I'm working on it. It's habitual. That's really interesting. Your word choice is pretty intentional. You said release the fear or release the negative emotion. What does it mean to release? Like somebody, you know, I think about opening a cage and releasing a bird or putting a a crocodile. Me and the kids were walking to a a crocodile rescue show where they like take a crocodile and put in a helicopter and move it to another place and then release it in a habitat where it's not going to eat the cattle or whatever. Right. But what is releasing the negative emotions or releasing the fear in this instance really mean? So it's a great question. This is the interesting thing that I've learned about our emotions is our positive emotions are things that we have to learn to hold and resonate with. Like, like when I play a guitar, there's chords that I have learned that I've got down. I know how to play them. And then I'll learn a new song and there's a new chord and my fingers feel awkward and it's hard for me to hit that at first. Positive emotions, you must learn to resonate and hold within your body. Hold happiness, hold love. The negative emotions get stuck in us. They remain in us unless we allow ourselves to listen to them, touch them, and feel them. You got to get out of your head. And so we remain in our heads and we stay very logical, reigning in those emotions because we've been taught that. And what that does is it's like, you know, when a child comes to you, you know, you're dad, 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 and you're, I'm talking. You keep talking. Next thing you know, they're screaming on the ground. Yeah. It's like, yes, kid. But if you had just taken a minute, perhaps, and said, what's going on? I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. It's right over there. They go. Done. Back to the conversation, right? That is like negative emotions. There, If your fear is there, your sadness is there, the delusion of it, because it is all based. It is a survival thing. And for people to say, I hear people say all the time, well, I want to learn how to live without fear. Well, then cut your head off. Because fear is on your brainstem. It is the first trigger that you're going to face, right? Am I going to be fearful or am I going to be excited? And if you're fearful, it's because your past experience has taught you, be scared. This is a trigger moment. Be scared. And it's an alert signal to say, hey, pay attention. And if you listen to it, you can wade through the delusion of your past and meet the present with a clear view and recognize, oh, this is not my past in front of me. This is just an alert. And I can see why it's, I'm being alerted because they said these things and they're trigger words for me, but they don't intend what those trigger words mean for me. They intend something else. And then you meet that person with true intent and true of communication versus you said that, blah, 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 right? That is what happens when you listen to the fear. It diminishes your triggers. It diminishes your inability to see the true situation. And it releases the fear because it's been hurt or the sadness because it's been heard and felt. And you really, the way to hear it is to drop into your body and feel it. Get out of your head, drop down, and you can actually feel where it resides in your body. And then when you touch it, the wisdom is there, the delusion is gone, and the emotion dissipates. Powerful thing. And I've tried this over and over again to test it, and it works every time. So you've said delusion a few times. Yeah. Our past is a delusion? No, it isn't, right? Like you, you form, you form a perspective based on your experience and it's real, but that past can then create, I like to think of it 
I did a master's in English literature and we would read texts in different modalities, right? I could read it from a feminist perspective or a gay lesbian perspective or a, you know, like psychological perspective, whatever. I Postmodern, deconstructionist. There's all different ways of reading a text. And each time you read it, it's the same text. But if I put that lens over me, I'm going to learn something different. And so when you take your past and you're looking at the present with the lens of your past fear, there is absolutely delusion in what you're saying and seeing. But if you look at it with curiosity and feel it, you actually see the grain of truth that is there, why you're being triggered. And it's an alert system. It is built in to help us survive. But when we go to the default survival mode and we don't build ourselves to deal with our emotions properly, which is the essence of emotional intelligence, we're not in control. We're just reacting. And that's where the delusion takes place, right? You're now listening to a past and it's not here. Your past is not your present. Got it. Got Does that make it. sense? And so this is, I, it, I, I describe this when I'm talking to folks as somebody having or demonstrating or exhibiting behaviors that were appropriate when they were in a traumatic situation. Exactly. And the trauma is no longer, this trauma stimulus is no longer there. Exactly. Exactly. And think of all the times you've lashed out, done things, you know. Now, there may be times when that was appropriate and you reacted appropriately for the situation based on your past experience. But for me, at least, many of the times that I have reacted in anger or whatever the situation was that brought up something for me, I'm like, Ugh, I went overboard on that, right? I got carried away from something that I, I didn't need to act that heavy handed in this situation. I could have done better if I had just listened. If I'd have dropped in my body, recognized, oh, I got triggered. Why am I triggered? Is this happening? No, it's not. Okay, let it go. I have stories of where I've done well and where I've done poorly, right? On, on both those sides. And I think we all have that. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential, but lack the strategy, support, and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. So knowing what we feel is one thing, but knowing what to do with that information is something different. And so the app can actually help you fill it or release the... Like, yeah. Talk to us about that, right? Because I, I know it's one thing to just get a measurement, but there's more to it. Yeah. So I think the most compelling story for me when I first started using the app, um, I thought I was getting, I've been meditating for years. And so I'm like, I got pretty good emotional intelligence. I'm pretty aware when I'm thinking of myself and all my self-grandized glory, right? And so I started using this app and it would show me emotions that I was like, what? what? I, I'm not feeling that, you know? But then I would have to consider the fact that these are statistics that are true. 85 to 90% of us do not have a full understanding of our emotional palate. That's just the way it is. That is the statistic from 
researchers that are way smarter than me. So when I look at that, I'm like, so I got at best, like if this app is 87% accurate, I've got at best a 13% chance of being right. Maybe I should be curious about what it's telling me. Because this is what I encounter most with people that are using it. They're like, this app's wrong. I'm not confused. I have no confusion. Okay. Want to consider? Like, so if you're thinking about it though in your head, like most people, we're suppressing that. We don't want to deal with confusion. And so your head is telling you, you've got this figured out. You're good. What we have to do is drop from our head and get curious and think what we, what I do is actually stop thinking, but just try to feel in your body where confusion may be. Where is this residing? And in doing that, it teaches you where your emotions reside in your body. And I can even tell you now, like fear for me, fear is a band across my chest. It runs up my neck and up the back of my head. These and varying levels of it, right? It gets worse and worse. And sometimes it can expand out from my chest when it gets really, really big. It's like a shield. That's how it feels. Very interesting. I didn't know that before this because I quit thinking about it and I feel it, right? Sadness is actually behind my heart and in my throat. I can tell you where these things reside in my body. And I don't think about them. I feel them. And in learning to feel them, then I scan my body and it's literally just like a cut, right? I have a cut here on my wrist, I can say, okay, I'm going to take care of that. But when we don't listen to our emotions, when we don't actually fall into our bodies and feel them, we're not caring for them. We're not listening to them. We're not allowing them to dissipate the negative ones. And we're also unaware of our positive emotions and where those reside. And we are not able to resonate with them. So it's a beautiful thing when you get out of your head and into your body. And what's cool about this is you'll look at it. So I was, my dad almost died this last summer and he had a massive stroke. We all thought he was going to die. My whole family gathered. It was like, this is it. He's done. And I checked in with my app and my brother did too. He's my older brother. And we both had fear at a hundred percent. And I looked at him and I said, quote, I'm not fucking scared. Are you scared? <laughs> he goes, no, I'm not scared. And then I thought, hey, maybe I could be wrong about this. Right. And I got out of my head. And I dropped into my body and that fear that emanated like a shield from my chest was just right there. And of course I was scared. My dad, I thought he was dying. Of course I was scared. And all of the things that I felt about losing him came into my awareness as I felt it. And that fear dissipated. And I was able to deal with the intensity of a family gathering for a week around my father with a grace that was beyond what I think I was capable of had I not dealt with that fear. Wow. And so we talked about releasing it. Yeah. The actual feeling of it. What about the ones that we want to just experience more of? What does that yeah. look like or feel like? Yeah. So when I first started using the app, the thing that bothered me the most too is I, I spent a lot of time in therapy and meditation and working on my self-love so that I could build my self-worth and stand in the wake of and struggles and be strong. And frankly, my love was resonating around eight to 12% when I would check in and it's love for myself. And I'd be like, what? I love myself more than that. That's not. And what I learned was it's not necessarily that I don't love myself. It's that I have not learned to resonate with love for myself. That vibration, I, it's a chord that I had not learned to play. 
And so I began, I began to focus on where do I feel love for myself, right? And when I did that, I began to change that. And now my, my love resonates generally in the 50s or higher. And I'm getting better. Like, and it's never 8 to 12% anymore, ever. Because I have learned to vibrate with that core of love. So it's really about where do I feel it? I want to feel more focusing with intent on loving myself. I practice affirmations, those types of things that bring that. When you're looking in the mirror and you're saying your affirmations, you know, hey, Jerome, you're good enough, man, you know, or whatever you say, your thing, that triggers that feeling of self-love. And then you've got to find where that is in your body and learn to keep playing that through the day. Hold that resonance and it will increase. The chord will get better. You'll, you'll play it better. So you, you're getting doses and you know there's the dopamine there's the cortisol like you got all these chemicals in the brain and some of them are meant to help you some of them are meant to protect you it's all some of them are meant to like motivate you and help you continue to grow so you get the, the achievement or the reward you know when i was looking at the app like there was like four main categories i think and one of them is empathy Yes. So like this morning, my empathy and yesterday too, it was at a hundred percent. And so, but the other ones are there too. And so can we talk about just maybe those four? I, there's like, I don't know, 16 or 20 different emotions throughout the thing, but like those four high level ones is, can we dive into those a little bit just so people get an understanding of what that yeah, does absolutely. for you at the highest I'll, level? I'll bring, if, let me try to share my screen. Look, is it not? There we go. Share. I'm going to share my photos, if that's all right, of my check-in this morning. We'll go right to that. So this is my score from this morning. Can you see that? Yeah. So my empathy isn't at 100%, but you can see. So these four categories, these are the categories that are built. This is how we measure emotional intelligence on these four things. So if you want to increase your emotional intelligence, first thing that you do is you come to this space. And you look at your self-awareness. Your self-awareness is your willingness to be aware of the full scope of all the emotions you carry. As you can see, mine is at 59%. This is one I struggle with. If I do a meditation and really scan my body, I can increase that immediately, which I'll do, right? So I look at this, I'll do a full scan, I do a meditation, come back, and I can get my awareness way up. But this is a constant struggle for me because my default is to not be aware of my emotions. The next one is self-management. Self-management is your belief that you have control over your emotional palate regardless of the situation that you're in, right? So a guy like Nelson Mandela sitting in prison for 27 years, when he comes out, he becomes the president. This is a man that was able to live a life as a free person while in prison. He was not imprisoned by his situation. That's the epitome of emotional intelligence in my mind. And that's self-management saying, you know what? I'm facing hard times. I'm going, I've gone through a divorce. I miss my kids, but I can be happy. That's self-management. So that's your belief. Self-expression, your ability then to drop into your body and feel those emotions, talk about those emotions, express what's going on. And then the last pillar of emotional intelligence is your empathy. And that, that is the essence, of all of the scores and why we, you know, why we have those four there. So that's based on your scores and those four pillars that gives you your score, your emotional intelligence score. Man. So somebody may be asking, well, okay, why would I want to do this? 
Do you or any of your clients have examples of how this has improved their life, their experience? Yeah, actually, for sure. Statistics wise, just for the research out there, they say that those people that have a high emotional intelligence are typically your top performers. They also say that on average, people with a high emotional intelligence make $29,000 more a year than other people. They are 89% of the promotions at work go to people with high emotional intelligence. So these are some financial reasons in the workplace of why you'd want to do it. People that have high emotional intelligence tend to be visionaries, leaders, things like that, because people are drawn to them because they can, they can see themselves in the other. Emotional intelligence takes vulnerability. And if you've read any Brene Brown or Simon Sinek on what leadership is, the authentic, the authentic vulnerable leader is the leader that is going to make the company the most money because he is capable or she is capable of seeing where their deficits are and being open and honest about it, asking for help, as well as knowing where their strengths are and leaning on those, you know, very well. Whereas the rest of us are trying to kind of navigate and hide because we're not emotionally intelligent. We, we want to hide because we don't want anybody to see what exactly going on, right? Exactly. If what's really interesting about this conversation for me is, I think in general, people don't want anything to be wrong. Right. And in that denial or in that delusion, things get worse. Yeah. And then it grows into a place where they can't avoid it or ignore it anymore. And this is almost preventative care. This will allow you to, if you take action on the information that's reported back to you, get yourself in a healthier state so that your stress level drops. So that, yeah. and I would imagine like when your, your emotional intelligence is higher, your heart rate is probably lower. You, you probably mm -hmm. have lower blood pressure. Like there, there's probably a whole lot of great things in there. One of the emotions that I saw on the positive side was peace. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that was an emotion. That That's pretty exciting. See in here. Yeah. It's cool to see. And uh, what's, what's actually been the most profound thing for me in the process of learning is like one day I checked in, I had fear really high. I had sadness and loneliness and anger all in the red, like all really high. These are negative emotions, like overwhelming. Really, I would say probably emotionally debilitating if it was all that high. My score, my emotional intelligence score was like 89%. And my happiness was at 100%. My motivation was at 100%. My confidence was at 100%. And my peace was super high. Well, in conjunction with those negative emotions. What in the world? And that's the beauty of emotional intelligence, right? It begins to allow you to see, I'm capable. It's like a piano. It's like, a, it's like music. You can play all of those emotions. Bang, 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 bang. They're all there. And then what happens is you listen to those negative ones, they'll dissipate and you get to stay in the resonance of the positive. That's powerful, right? You know, it's funny because I see most people just try to ignore yeah. those negative emotions. And like you said, they're like a three-year-old. They're going to throw a tantrum if you try to ignore them and they're just yeah. going to get louder and louder. And mm -hmm. you can, you might think they go away, but in the end, I don't think it ever actually resolves. Yeah. And you'll, you see that, right? You see people, their response is bleeding. Like they'll be like, are you okay, dude? Hey, what's going on with you, man? I see like you're off today. It's your way of saying you're freaking out and something's going on. I'm fine. I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> right. That's what we do. 
And, and when you see it, that person may be happy, but they haven't addressed the negative emotions and those are overshadowing the positive. You can release those and stay in the happy. You can release those negative emotions and stay in the happy. Yeah. So I hope we've piqued their interest. What do people need so. to do if they want to get access to the, the great app that you have? And I don't even, did we talk about the name or anything? At the, to we me? have it. Yeah. yeah. The app's name is Vibonics. You can find it through my website. If you go to my website, jamesgburnham.com, there's a seven day free trial. You can play around with it. And what I would suggest the people that use it most frequently, because 85 to 90% of people don't know their palate, they're going to see things that are like, I don't feel that. Get out of your head. Quit thinking about what you feel and just get curious. Become curious and try to feel where that emotion might reside in your body. Where could that be carried? And when you drop out of your head and into your body, it will, it will illuminate for you a whole universe of understanding and wisdom that you cannot get without listening to all of your emotions, the good and the bad. James, this has been a wonderful episode. Thanks for being so generous with your time. You're the definition of a dream catcher, man. You're out here helping people unlock doors that have been locked for so long, man. I really appreciate the work that you're doing for the world. Uh, right back at you, man. I admire you greatly and uh, what you do and, you know, how you provide a platform for so many great people and lift people yourself. So thank you for having me on. Pleasure. To the listeners, your dreams should be real. Until the next episode, we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.